You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The very idea of ghosts creep most of us out. We don't understand them and they don't seem to be bound by the same physical rules and limitations that we are. We feel a sense of dread as people have reported them appearing and disappearing, walking through walls and sometimes standing by our beds. However, when those ghosts are children, that fear and dread reaches a whole new level. Are they really child ghosts? Have you ever seen one? These people say they have. I would love to hear from you all about your own paranormal experiences. Our email details are at the end of the show. The Thing by the Crib Windsor Downs, New South Wales, Australia Circa 1996 Andrew told me about this strange occurrence and to this day can't explain what happened. Even as he told me the story, he was scratching his head. After all, he thinks he knows what it was he saw, but he's still confused by it. Andrew and his wife had lived in their home for several years now, and during this time, nothing strange had ever occurred. His wife was pregnant with their second child, and they had begun to prepare the spare room as the baby room. The only thing missing from the room was the baby's cot and so they went looking for one, and found a second-hand one which they bought. The baby's intended room was almost directly across the hallway from the parents' room. If you were lying in Andrew's bed, you could see straight out the door and down the hallway into the baby's room. Andrew was having trouble sleeping one night. He wasn't sure why, but he was tossing and turning, and he just couldn't get comfortable. He was starting to get a little bit frustrated at the fact that he couldn't fall asleep, and if he did, he wouldn't stay asleep long. He looked over at his wife, who was lying in his bed next to him. She was fast asleep, and he was admittedly just a little bit jealous of her. He lay there in bed staring. He stared at the walls and then at the window. He didn't know what the time was, but it was still very dark. He then looked out the bedroom door and down the hallway. For a few moments there was nothing. And suddenly, something moving in the baby's room caught his eye. It was as if something was walking around in the room. He opened his eyes wider to make sure he wasn't seeing things, 
He continued watching that doorway, and, soon enough, he saw a small, white figure of a toddler come out of the baby's room from next to the cot. It slowly made its way into the hallway, moving in a strange way. He said that the white figure was quite visible, and it was the size and shape of a small child moving. But when it walked, it were as if it were moving in slow motion or floating through the air. He then compared the movement of the figure to something moving, almost as if it were swimming. He stared, eyes wide open at this strange thing moving across the hallway of his home. It had a pale whitish colour, and almost seemed to glow, he said. After about ten seconds of wading its way down and across the hallway, it disappeared into a wall. Andrew threw the cot away the very next morning, and the figure was never seen again. Seeking Spirit Surrey, United Kingdom, 2016 Marsha and her family had finally found their new home. It had everything they wanted, and there was plenty of room for everyone. They were so happy in their home that they would often forget that it was situated right next to a cemetery. This in itself wasn't a problem, and as creepy as it sounds, the family never had any issues. Well, that was until their three-year-old son Jamie started experiencing something. One day, Jamie approached his mother and told her about a ghost baby that would appear outside of his bedroom window often. At first, Marsha didn't believe her son. After all, he was only three years old. And, at any rate, how did he even know what a ghost was at that age? Over a few weeks, Jamie appeared to continue to have visits from the ghost boy. He was so insistent on telling his mother about it and he was so detailed in his description of the ghost boy, that, soon enough, he had her convinced that he was telling the truth. So Marsha started to see if she could see anything from the window for herself. She would stay in the room at the times that the ghost boy seemed to visit the most. She waited and waited. Nothing. As she looked outside Jamie's bedroom window, she could see the cemetery nearby, and the next day she decided to go for a walk and see who was buried there. After searching for a while, she found one inscription. Little Arthur, died 22nd September, 1899, aged 15 months. A chill ran through her body as she saw the headstone. On returning home, Marsha asked her son some more questions about the ghost baby he had seen. Jamie said that the baby was upset and was looking for his daddy, and he described the baby as having lots of moles on his skin. At a loss as to what to do next, Marsha started to look up local history. Old news articles, anything, just to make sure this wasn't just a coincidence. Eventually, she came across an ancestry group and found that they were all very helpful. Curious, she wanted to find the cause of death to see if it had any relation to these moles her son had mentioned. And after some searches, she did come across the child's death certificate. 
it revealed that little Arthur had passed away from whooping cough. She remembered that Jamie had said that the ghost boy was looking for his daddy, so she decided to keep investigating. With the help of the connections she had made through the online ancestry page, she managed to find out more information about little Arthur's parents. She discovered that his father was buried in a cemetery about three miles away. Marsha did go to the cemetery to find that grave, but was unable due to the cemetery not being in a good state. Weeds and grass were overgrown and the ground was unstable in places, which made it difficult to get through. Not having found the parents' grave, Marsha had to give up the search. Oddly though, it did seem to do the trick, as her son Jamie never claimed to see baby Arthur again. Why are there children here? Westmead, New South Wales, Australia, between 2000 and 2007. This is not a single story, but a set of small incidents that occurred at a hospital in this area. I know I've shared with you all quite a few creepy hospital stories before, and if you haven't heard them, you definitely should go back and find my episodes about them. But these ones, they're a little bit different. These were creepy events that defied explanation, and defied all reason and logic. Let me explain why I say this. It's because they all occurred in the Undercroft section of a hospital that is locked and secured at all times, and is only accessible by very few people, and then only under certain circumstances. The Undercroft of the hospital contains the underground service corridors, pipework, and some limited storage for the hospital. No member of the public is allowed in there, and all access points are locked, alarmed and monitored by security systems and a manned security team against unauthorised access. Now that we're clear as to what we're facing, I challenge you to explain these incidents in light of what you know about the area. Mary, Clara and Gabby had to venture down to the Undercroft one afternoon. As the Undercroft was such a secure area, it was used for the hospital's filing and record keeping as well as some storage. There were some files that they needed to be put away in the filing section there, and so the ladies took their trolley, loaded with files, and headed to the Undercroft. The Undercroft is quiet and pitch dark as it's underground, but there's sufficient electrical lighting to be able to work in there if required. The ladies there were fetching files from their trolley and putting them away and they chatted as they worked. But even though it was quiet down there, and there were only the three of them, they weren't prepared for what happened next. A young girl suddenly appeared a few metres in front of them as they worked. She seemed to walk out of nowhere, and appeared in front of the section where the files were kept. The ladies were all stunned into silence. They had not heard the sound of any doors opening, and Mary even glanced quickly to the door they had entered through. It was closed. They didn't hear the sound of any footsteps either, but here, right in front of them, was a little girl. She wore a red dress and looked at them with an almost blank expression. They noticed that she was probably five or six years old, and her skin looked pale, but not sickly pale. 
Thinking that the girl may have accidentally gotten locked down there or somehow wandered in, one of the ladies spoke up and said, Hi honey, are you okay? The girl didn't answer that question, but instead looked at the ladies and politely asked, Can I have a lolly? The ladies looked at each other confused, and Gabby said, We'll see what we can do, honey. Why don't you come with us? As she walked towards the girl slowly. As she did so, the young girl that had been standing there right in front of them suddenly disappeared into thin air. This terrified the ladies who made a quick exit from the area and left their files behind. From that day on, the staff of the department refused to enter the Undercroft alone and for many years to come demanded that the security team attend with them. However, having security staff attend with you wouldn't stop the strange happenings down there. A year or so later, staff from that same department needed to access the Undercroft again for storage. That department's refusal to have their staff enter the Undercroft without the security officers soon became a department policy. And although ghosts weren't cited as the reason for the policy, it was really the only reason why. George was from the security team, and he attended with Harriet and Mary. They accessed the Undercroft and switched on the lights. They chatted away as they walked towards the area that was set aside for storage. As they went through the Undercroft, they switched the lights on in each area as they accessed it. The three staff members continued chatting, and as George opened the final door, he switched on the light as the area was pitch black. The ladies moved into the area to start storing away their files, and only a few seconds later, something caught George's eye. He squinted a little at first because he wasn't sure what he was seeing, and soon his colleagues, seeing that he was silent and staring at one point in the not-too-far distance, looked as well, and then they gasped as they saw what he could see. <laughs> there on one side of the Undercroft area, where the rocky ground rises up to meet the building foundations, sat a young boy in a tucked position. He was there, and he remained still as if he hadn't noticed the staff. He was still, quiet, and stared off into the distance at some unknown location. The staff all froze. George's mind ran wild. This boy wouldn't have been able to navigate the area in the dark and it would have been pitch black down there only moments before. Mary started to panic. Having also seen the girl a year or so ago in the Undercroft, she started to shake. This was all getting too much for her. George carried a small torch on him. He activated and shone it directly towards the young boy. But the boy didn't react to the light. George then tried calling out to the boy, but he didn't react either. George walked closer to the boy to investigate just what was going on there, but the ladies, they'd had enough. They turned around in fear and started running towards the exit. George, distracted for only a second or two by their reaction, turned back to see his colleagues heading for the door. He turned back around to where the boy had been only seconds before, and the little boy was gone. George, now thoroughly confused and creeped out himself, also decided that he should leave, switching the lights off as he did.
I just wanted to thank you all for being here and supporting this project. You guys are amazing. If you like my work and want to show your support, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Just look for SOS Paranormal, or there is a link in the description. If you'd like to submit your own chilling true tale so that your story might be featured in one of these episodes, contact me on seekersosparanormal at gmail.com. Email details are in the description. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time.